I interrupt this podcast to bring you breaking news. Oh my gosh. Uh, So literally as soon as I finished recording, the draw became final of the Europa League. So I feel the need to really talk about it just for a few minutes. Holy crap. The football gods did not smile upon us, guys. So the draw is Ajax, Marseille, Brighton, and Ike. Probably the most difficult group we could have been drawn to. I'm going to say this with a grain of salt. I have faith in Almeida. I have faith in this club. I have faith that we could still possibly do something in Europe, even though we're going up against a very difficult group. Everyone else in Greek football got at least one easy team in there. Um, If you look at the other groups, just like I said, the football gods did not smile upon us today. Let's hope if this team can get it together that we have a good European campaign. I still have faith in them, but if this team keeps going, as I'm getting ready to talk about in the podcast, and this snowball effect of these previous matches and how we haven't been good in defense. I mean, against Antwerp, something that I forgot to mention in the podcast is that um, it was the first time that we didn't concede a goal in the first half so far this season. Granted, it was a small sample size. It was only four matches, but Gosh, compared to last year where we were able to keep clean sheets at times. uh, Yes, if this team doesn't get their stuff together, it could be a very long European campaign for Ike this year. And long meaning not lasting very long, but very difficult, hard games to watch. Um, Let's hope that's not the case. Very difficult group, but we keep moving forward. I just felt like with just recording that... um, uh and literally right after i got off the right after i got off the computer of recording this episode the news broke of what the what the groups were going to be cuz you never know i mean it said it started at 2 o'clock greek time but you never know how long this draw is going to take so i didn't want to wait i didn't want to risk not having enough time to record a full episode but i felt like i had to come on here and say something um So you guys enjoy the podcast. I'll break everything down more next week and kind of look more into detail. Maybe I'll try to catch some of the games of these teams over the weekend to see what we're up against. Obviously, Marseille, we know a little bit. (coughs) Talented club. Um, I think they took Panathinaikos for granted. I think they thought they were going to be able to get past Panathinaikos very easily. And we know that's not going to happen again. They're not going to take Greek teams for granted. They already took Panathinaikos for granted. So that's going to be a tough match against Marseille. Uh, Ajax speaks for themselves. Great football pedigree. Didn't have a great season last year, but it's Ajax is Ajax. Major name in European football. I mean, as is Marseille also. Uh and then Brighton, who was had a stellar year last year in the Premier League. And we all know how bad Greek teams sometimes struggle against Premier League sides. But I am interested to see them go up against some of these clubs and see if Almeida plays the style of football he likes to play. That 
it can be entertaining. And I think we, that's one thing we needed to hang our heads on is that if Almeida can play his style of football in Europe, how's that going to translate? How good are we going to play? Playing against these teams, not against a team like Antwerp, as I'm getting ready to talk about, that pretty much played like freaking atromitos against us. Um, anyway, guys, enjoy the podcast. And like I said, I'll, I'll break this more down next week. Uh, have a great weekend. Forza Aikara. Welcome to the Crazy Egg Fan Podcast. I'm your host, Teddy. No matter where you are, thanks for making this part of your day. Thanks for taking a listen. Follow me on social media at Crazy Ike Fan on Instagram and on X, Crazy Ike Fan Facebook page. What's up, I could do this? Gosh, has it been a freaking rough week this week? <laughs> Ike, of course, go down to Royal Antwerp at home and are out of the Champions League. They lose the playoff tie and are now set to, here in a few minutes, actually, uh, gonna start the draw for the uh, Europa League. So let's see what the luck of the draw holds for Ike. What made it worse yesterday was they had the Champions League draw, and if you were to take out Antwerp and insert Ike, um, Antwerp got a pretty favored group. Not to say that they're going to be able to do anything in that group, uh, but it was pretty favorable to add salt to the wound to us Ike fans. So... Let's start with the top. <laughs> I didn't record after the Pantsaraikos match. Really didn't have time. I had family in town last weekend. Didn't really... I watched the match, but it was kind of like kids were running around, talking to family. So it was kind of on in the background. But as I tweeted out, you know... 49 seconds in, and already this, I thought it was going to be a nice relaxing afternoon to sit down and watch some football for a little bit, and it turns into a freaking debacle. A uh, lot of changes in the lineup. Almeida took a lot of heat after the match for those changes, tried to do a good rotation to hopefully conserve some of those players that we needed for the return tie against Royal Antwerp. Not great football in both matches by Ike. I don't know what's going on with this team. Um, everybody wants to say they're out of form. They look out of sync. I don't know. How can you not? How can you be out of form when the preseason just finished and the season has just started? It, to say that players are out of form you would have to say that this would have to be like middle of the season. I don't get that statement by a lot of Greek reporters. You know, to do such a... And it wasn't like it was such a big rotation. I still feel that that team should have beaten Pantsaraikos. Now again, as I said last week, Pantsaraikos were a very scrappy team. I watched them against Olympiakos in the first uh, match week of the Greek Football League, of Greek Super League. So, I watched them play against Olympiacos, and honestly, they narrowly, by missing a penalty in the first half, could have taken the lead in Karaiskaki. So, they're going to surprise a lot of people. If they keep playing the way they were playing, I think they're going to surprise a lot of people in the, in the Super League this year. So, But, 
as Ike, if you want to contend for a title, you have to find a way to break through. And um, it was very disappointing that they weren't able to. Then Weird missed a penalty. Just a lot of... I don't know, man. I don't know how to explain it. And then it just, like... You're like, okay, it's a draw. It's disappointing to start the season off this way. It's disappointing because... It, the league is going to be very, very competitive this year. Bauk look better. Panathinaikos look good. Olympiacos look better than they did last year so far. So you need every point you can get, especially if the league is going to be as competitive as it was last year. Um. Anyway, besides that, you're like, okay, let's, let's scrap it. Let's move on to and. Uh, Antwerp has a big matchup on uh, on Wednesday night that happened. And it was the same old story, you know, different players, yes. Uh, first off, let me talk about some players. C.D. Bear, I think he's out. I think he's gone. We had a lot of hopes in this guy. We saw some great things, but just it was like he was very apathetic. During the match against Masarekos, it looked like he was ectos aftu, pus la mestin alata, ectos, ectos climatos, like ectos, like he was completely out of the team. Like he looked like he was being a freaking space cadet in that match. Um, I don't know. There were rumors that um, he was wanted by French teams. Maybe he saw coming to Greece as like a stepping stone, not a stepping stone because Kawa. Uh, he's already made a good career. I mean, he's a World Cup winner, for God's sakes. And he played on that Stellar Monaco team years ago. So not a stepping stone, but you know what I mean. Kind of a way to revamp his career, come to Greece for a season. And now the teams are wanting him back in France. Maybe he's just kind of like checked out. I don't know. Uh, or feels like he's accomplished whatever he can accomplish in Greece. Or maybe he was just pissed that he knew if he started against Pantsarekos that he wasn't going to start against uh, Royal Antwerp in a European match. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't see much from this guy. There's rumors that he's going to get traded or not traded or transferred, whatever. Um, but a, just a lackluster affair all around. And I, and I don't know how to point my finger to say that how... Is Almeida, how is this team going to regroup and fix all this? Because even last year, in their bad moments, in their very bad games, I mean, think of, and now I'm going to, I'm segueing into the um, Royal Antwerp match, and I might talk about both matches, both Antwerp and Pansaraikos interchangeable. I apologize, I'm going to try not to confuse anyone, but... Even last year, the two matches that really stick out to me, the 2-0 loss against Bauk and Thessaloniki, and the 3-1 loss against Olympiakos at home in Sofia. Both of those matches, despite the fact that Ike had lost, they played great football. All the fans applauded them uh, for playing great football. I mean... To lose to a rival like Olympiacos, for that to be the first loss in Hagia Sofia, and for everyone to stand up and applaud that team because we knew the football that was being played on the pitch. For, for 70 out of those 90 minutes, not even 70, I would say 80 out of those 90 minutes, 
Ike were the better team against Olympiacos that day. You know, a few mental lapses and Olympiacos were able to score three very fast goals. Obviously, they took advantage of gaps in the defense, but Ike dominated that game. And I wouldn't even dare to say, even though we had some good victories against Olympiacos last year and good victories against our rivals, that was one of the best games I watched Ike play football-wise, okay? Like... The ball wasn't going in the back of the net. But even if you guys remember the last 10 minutes, and I've talked about this game over and over again, but that Mukudi header hits the target and goes in, who knows what, what havoc would happen at the end of that match with almost 10 minutes left <clears throat> if the game was made 3-2. But the point that I'm trying to make is you didn't see that over this entire tie with Ike. I don't know if it's because Levy Garcia is such a vital point to this team's offense that, and, and, and I guess that's part of the answer is the the absence of Levy Garcia. Because if you go back to the first match in Antwerp, the first 20 minutes, Ike played better. They played a lot better. They had a lot of, Levy had a few great chances we didn't see hardly any of those chances come about in the last freaking, ever since Levy came out till now, very few chances far in between. Very few chances that stand out in my mind where I could say clear-cut chances. Very few opportunities where players that have great one-on-one -on -one talent to take advantage of that talent, to, um, to make something happen the offense was very stagnant. Very, someone said, uh, tweeted at me on Twitter or whatever you call that now. I don't know. I don't know what the terminology is right now. Um, but they said, you know, Ike were very predictable. They were very predictable. Crosses, what basically Antwerp had done was just shut down the whole team, hold their lines and said, okay, if you guys want to beat us, you're going to have to beat us with it two of your weakest points, your backs, the left back and the right back, Khadji Safi and Narota, both great backs for the Greek League, both great backs for Ike, but they don't have that something more that you need into in today's modern football in order to be able to succeed better. I, I think, you know, I heard rumors of Baltok, the Greek international that plays at Sheffield United. There were rumors that he uh, he might be on his way to Athens for Ike. Of course, as I thought when I heard the news, I'm like, all right, if we make it to the Champions League, he's coming. If we don't, he's not coming. Exactly what happened. Talks fell apart because Ike didn't make it to the Champions League. Because that, that does change the level of players you can go after depending on what tier of European football you play, as we all know. Um... But also, let's let's look at the other side of this. I think that Van Bommel, the manager for Antwerp, outmanaged or outcoached Almeida 100%. He had this game plan that worked, executed it perfectly over these two legs, and rightfully so, they were able to go through. And, you know, contemplating the, the match afterwards, watching a little bit of it on the replay, and something that I, I, if I would have thought about it in the moment, but just, you know, kind of taking a step back and trying to look at things with a little more clear head, not with the how pissed off I was while I was watching this match. 
and you guys that have been listening to the podcast now for a while know I talked a lot about this last year. And I said one of the biggest weaknesses that Ike has and the way I would try to beat Ike if I was an opposing team is the way that Antwerp did it. They sat back, countered whenever they could, and didn't let Ike play their game. Didn't let Ike create that high press um, to where you could let defenders make mistakes. And the other thing is when you're playing good teams at this level, especially the European level, players are not, they're still going to make mistakes. But they're good passing teams and they can beat you so easily. One, two, three passes. They can beat that press very easily. And that's what Antwerp were able to do against Dyke. And I've said it since last year. That's the way you exactly what the game plan that Vin Pommel came up with was exactly what Ike needed. What was exactly what would help you succeed against this Ike team, this Almeida team. And Almeida did not have an answer. We didn't see some of the things we saw in preseason. We didn't see Gala countering. I mean, we didn't get very many opportunities to counter in both of these ties. Because I saw great counters in Ike in the preseason. I saw Ike uh, play better football within between the lines, finding holes in between lines to where they can get an opportunity to score, to beat, you know, defenses that park the bus. We didn't see any of that. It was like, you know, let's pass the ball here, pass the ball there, try to find a way through. No, I mean, they just did, they, and again, credit to Antwerp, they weren't giving the space. And, uh, you know, I thought I were given a little bit of a lifeline, not when um, Adoko scored the goal. Which I thought at that point, <laughs> there was might be another miracle in the making. But I thought that um, Ike were given a, lot, a lifeline when the ex-Spurs uh, and Atletico Madrid player, um, Toby Andeverable, <laughs> I know I'm completely butchering his name, uh, went out with an injury because he was, I mean, he was the man of defense. The ball was like a magnet to him. Any big defensive play that needed to happen inside the box, he was there. He was there to clear the ball. He was there to clear, uh, block um, Ponce's shot when Ponce was inside the box and had an opportunity to shoot on goal. I just did not see the chance. I did not see the great football that we saw last season. And it's kind of worrying in a way. It's kind of... Like, okay, where do we go from here? Like, is this team going to get better? Am I, am I, I'm worried it might snowball because we have Volos this weekend that, yeah, they laid, they kind of not, didn't play well against Panathinaikos, but I mean, you never know what's, what can happen now. And doing the, the confidence of the team, how this is going to affect everything. So after that, we have an international break, which for, few times I've ever said this that I'm thankful for so this team can kind of regroup uh, but a lot of question marks a lot of question marks surrounding the team itself a lot of question marks surrounding transfers you know we made some transfers early we got our big transfer with Bineda obviously we're thankful for that but not a lot else not you know we definitely desperately need another center back 
we desperately need some type of upgrades in the the right or left back position. Um, glad that the international break is coming. That way this team can regroup. But after that, it's a gauntlet. We're going to have a week where we play. I don't remember if it's straight after the break, but I know it's sometime in September where we're going to play. And maybe not in this order, but bear with me here because I didn't look at the schedule beforehand. We play Panathinaikos one week, Europe in the middle of it, and Libyakos the following weekend. That's a, a mini gauntlet. And being the fact that you're already behind in the league, theoretically, and that we have another makeup game to make up because we missed the first game of the season. I don't know. The stress... <laughs> Excuse me, guys. The stress... Stress. I mean, I'm not like sitting here like freaking chain smoking and having a bottle of whiskey every night, but the, yeah, I guess you could call it stress. The stress of where this team goes from here, I don't know, because I don't see how this improves. I don't see how every team you play from now on, from here on out, doesn't try to play the same way that Antwerp did. And I think another frustrating thing that I, that I don't want to forget to touch on is that no disrespect to Antwerp. Like I said, great team, great team football. They put a game plan together that worked to beat Ike. But good Lord. I'm trying to hold back my tongue from saying a bad word. But Mother Fletcher, is it not freaking frustrating that we're going out to a team that seemed like the way they played, like they were a mid-table Super League side. I feel like this feels like we lost in the cup, that we were ousted out of the cup against like Atromidos or somebody. Like a team that's good, cohesive unit, but you're like, how did we not beat this team? Did they really show us that much? Did the Antwerp really play that much better than like? No, they executed a game plan, which good for them. But if you take the emotion out of it, and I want people to really listen to what I'm going to say next. If you take the emotion out of it with everything that happened with Mihaly, with, you know, as much as we hate Dinamo Zagreb, I hope they enjoy their conference league. By the way, I saw they lost yesterday again. Um, if you take that out of it, how bad we wanted to win that tie against Dinamo Zagreb. I almost would have rather not lost that tie, but lost to a team that's as talented as Dinamo Zagreb. That way I could tell myself, okay, they have European pedigree. They have some type of European pedigree. We've seen Dinamo play in all different types of competitions and go far in some of those competitions. They have great players. Dinamo had great players. I didn't, I'm sorry, I didn't see that out of Antwerp. I mean, first off, they won the league for the first time in, like, however many years, since, like, the 1960s. I think they won their first ever double last year. And this is their first time ever in the Champions League. So it, um, yeah, man, it's just, it's, it's very uh, frustrating, disheartening. To touch on the transfers again, again, I, like, I don't know what's going on here. Like, what, we, we can see that we need players. We can see we need 
frescada, which is kind of crazy to think we need like an injection of, of new blood into the team because all I've been doing for the past freaking year, year and a half maybe, is bragged about how deep this bench is. I don't know. I'm hoping that like this is maybe the low of the season and it all is uphill from here. That's all that we can hope for. Um, because it doesn't, it, it, you know, it, these past two matches, it doesn't look very promising. I expected a different Ike team to come out Wednesday night. And everybody across the Greek footballing world, even reporters of other clubs, even fans of other clubs that I listen to, they said they expected Ike to go through. I, I, I honestly, like I, in most cases, I lower my expectations uh, especially when it comes to Europe, because Europe can be tricky, especially after the freaking hastuki that we ate a few years ago that, that uh, I'm trying to say it in English, that uh, black spot that we had a few years ago against um, uh, Velez, um, where we were ousted out of Europe. You can't take Europe for granted and European football for granted, but... At the same time, come on, man, like anyone with two eyes could see that Ike were a better team than this team. Um, but sometimes, I mean, that's, you know, that that's cup football. That's playoffs like these are like this. It's not always the best team that goes through. It's the team that either has, you know, the the more clear head, the, the better game plan. Like I said, I feel like Almeida got outmanaged unfortunately I'd hate to say that and to a lot of you Ike fans that might be blasphemy but we got to give credit where credit's due Almeida is a great manager and even if we even if the snowballs and let's say we have a terrible terrible September where we're not doing well in Europe we're not doing well in the league I do not want to get rid of Almeida we've seen what Almeida can do what he's rebuilt so that's not what I'm saying at all and at the end of the day, we also have to take a step back and look at it. We're going to play European football. You know, last year we didn't even finish high enough in the Greek League to make, uh, or the year before last, we didn't finish high enough to make it into European football. The year before that was the whole Mo Belez Monstar debacle. So we're going to play European football and we're going to see, like, the, the Europa League is a difficult league. And to kind of bring everything full circle, like, what I'm talking about also it was a tough it was a tough Champions League playoff week for Greek football because I think both Panathinaikos and Ike have themselves to blame for not making it through and it would have been awesome to see both teams make it through uh, you know for both teams money prestige to see them back in the Champions League to see two teams two Greek teams back in the group stages of the Champions League would have been awesome. And I've said this before, those of you, again, that have listened to me for a long time, I've said it, that from here on out, until the league really improves, and we're slowly taking steps towards that, last year was an improvement, because we see now, last year we had a competitive league. To all the, those fans that say, you know, especially my friends that are already Beckless fans, that are like, why should I care about what the rest of the league does or why we as fans of opposing teams say that 
it's not good for one team to win the league every year. Yeah, sure. In Germany, it's okay for Bayern to win the league every year, for Dortmund to shoot themselves in the foot, and for Bayern to win the league every year because the, they can sustain that. Bigger leagues can sustain themselves with having one champ, one constant champion. I mean, look at the Spanish league. The Spanish league, Spanish teams do great in Europe, but most of the time it's between two, maybe three teams for the league title. But they can sustain that because they're bigger. They're bigger leagues. Greece, we cannot sustain that. We, you know, look at how competitive the league was last year, and look at what fruit it's bore to how good our teams are going into this season and how we have three teams, we have four teams in Europe, three in the in the Europa League. And Pauk, I mean, honestly, I'd hate to say this, if they keep improving the way they've improved now during the offseason and the past few games, now don't get me wrong, Pauk in the first couple of games did not look good. They've looked better and better ever since. But, they're, I mean, they're still playing in the Europa League. And the, I mean, I'm sorry, the, the, the freaking conference league. <laughs> it gets freaking confusing with all these leagues. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if they keep improving the way they're improving if they make a deep run again in the, in the conference league. And I think that's the league that Greek teams should focus on. I even think, I, depending on who the, the teams are that we're drawn with, should really focus on your first step should be, yeah, of course, to get out of the group, but worst case scenario, make that third spot to drop down to the conference league. Because I think an Ike team, the way they were playing last year, could go very far in the conference league. Um, so my prediction of not having another Greek team in the Champions League came true. And I honestly don't think, unless you get a good draw, and you're not going to get a draw, you're not going to get a better draw than this. You're not going to get a better opportunity than this. You're telling me that a Nike team that played last year, the way that they played, could not beat this Antwerp team? Hard to believe, but, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, it's it's the teams that take advantage of their chances. Ike had not great chances, but had so many more opportunities to score in over the entire tie, but... Yes, Antwerp didn't create that much, didn't create that many chances, but the bottom line is in football, it's whether you can put the ball in the back of the net or not, not how many chances you create. Let's see what else that I want to talk about. Um, defense and backs, I've already touched on it a little bit. I didn't think defensively that we played that bad. I mean, we. this is going to happen. When you push your lines that far up, I mean, I, I, I don't understand why he didn't pull the two center backs back just a little bit. You left such a gaping hole, both in the middle and the side of your defense, because come on now, are you thinking Vida at his age is going to be able, or at any age, would have been able to cover one of those 19-year-old players 19-year-old wingers coming off the wing, coming off the backside of the defense that you could easily counter on for Antwerp. Or Mukudi. Mukudi's pretty fast for his size, but your your center backs are big. 
You don't have one small center back that I think could chase down one of these players. Um, so I don't know. I, I don't know. I I don't put it on any of the defense. I've heard people, you know, talk about the first goal was more Hadzi Safi's fault, kind of. Stankovic's fault. The second goal was had a lot to do on um, Rota, but uh, Stankovic should have came out earlier. I don't know. I would not say that. I would say it was more so nerves and you push that far up the pitch. That's what you're susceptible to. That's what teams like Antwerp and teams that play that style of parking the bus and the waiting to counter are, are trying to do. Um, that's just the way they get, the, the game is played. I wouldn't put it on, on, on any defender. I think for the majority of the match, most of the defense was very sound. Now, again, Haji Safin Rota, for me, did not give you the things, the tools that you needed, the crosses that you needed. Um, I'll talk a little bit about the about the game before I go. Amrabat, I think, was a great def- decision for the first half. I didn't like it at first because I wanted a more speedier player like Eliasson. Um, <clears throat> but I think he was able to hold the ball more uh he was able to beat his man a few times a few great opportunities a, a few great crosses from him could have been great opportunities for ike and the man plays with heart like whatever you want to say about him yes it gets annoying because he does hold the damn ball so much i feel like i say that every single week and i'm sorry i might get him across the course if i'm you guys are getting tired of me saying that but um the man plays with heart, and the man that 36 years young, I mean, crap, he was blowing by both of those backs that were in there for um, for Antwerp. We needed, I do feel like he should have made a halftime substitution earlier, but you could tell Ike was going for it from the beginning of the match, like to not start the game with two defensive midfielders, to just play Simonski in the beginning and then bring on Johnson later on. I don't know. I don't know. I I would have brought on Mandalos a little earlier. Mandalos does have the ability to be a little creative. I would have brought on Mandalos and Araujo a little bit earlier than what he did. Zuber just looked... He looked gassed by the end of the match, but he looked like... He couldn't get free. Look, none of this is on the players. It's on the system. It's on... I don't know. I, I can't put my finger on what caused this team to be this way. I know I've probably said that about freaking 100 times in the last 30 minutes of recording this podcast, but that's truly how I feel. I I don't know what has caused this team to become so stagnant. And he, he just could not, you could tell he was trying to find a shot from outside the box, could not find it. Bigneta at times was all over the place, looking like a wild man, just running all over the place, doing whatever the team needs him to do. Uh but I do think in the second half that he, Almeida took a little bit too much time. I would have put Mandalos and Araujo in from the first half. Now, again, Araujo is coming off of injury. We don't know if maybe, you know, the medical team has directed the rest of the team to not play him more than like 20, 30 minutes. He's coming off a serious injury. So I don't know. Um, do I think that possibly thinking about it, could Levy Garcia have possibly given this team something else? Yes. 
because we've seen how much Levy Garcia means to this team. At this point, I think we could really tell over this tie how much we missed Levy Garcia. <laughs> Something that I thought that I would never say. Um, and just... It's just really frustrating. It's very frustrating to be out of Europe. But, you know, I mean, to be out of the Champions League, I'm sorry, I said out of Europe. Uh, there was another point I was going to make here. Ponce, um, I don't know. I don't know, man. I, I feel like the jury's still out on him. I would hate to say that. We know the talent that Ponce has. We all fell in love with him a few years ago when he was at Ike. He's shown glimpses of what he can do. But at the same time, it's, you know, maybe his confidence has gone down. And dare I say, like I said it a few weeks ago, we don't know how this is going to play out with Ponce. I really hope it doesn't look like, obviously, we're selling Levy Garcia until the uh, the January window, if if that. I really feel like if the team starts gelling, we need to keep them now till next summer. Uh, but let's hope for better things, man. Let's just hope for better things. Um, hopefully, we can go to Bolos and get a win this weekend. It would really... Uh, you know, any bad result in Bolos, I feel like, is going to be difficult to overcome uh, because of the difficult matches that are coming up after the international break and because of the sloppy start to the season. That's not to say that I feel like if we lose against Bolos that Almeida out or anybody is saying that Almeida should be out. And I'm very happy that I heard a lot of the fans chanting Almeida's name at the end of the match the other day against Antwerp because we're in full support of this guy. I'll, I'll go down with the with with the ship with this guy um, if I have to. I'd rather go down with the ship and be able to revive this team. And I have so much faith in the man from what I've seen over the past year that, you know, I mean, this could be just a little glitch that this team's going through right now. So instead of blowing this whole thing up. But I am a little nervous about the transfers. No transfers have happened. The transfer window, of course, closed yesterday in most European countries. In, in Greece, it's open till the 15th. So maybe, I mean, okay, let's think about it this way. I think Eliasson last year was a late transfer. Sidi uh, Bell was a late transfer. I'm trying to think about who else last year. So we can still get good quality players and especially to be able to say, Hey, we're going to be playing European football. That is big. Even though it's not champions league football, it's still playing in Europe. So let's keep our heads up high. Guys have a great weekend. Enjoy the football. And I'll talk to you guys next week.